Welcome to Moment of Rage with Jeremiah Harding. It's Wednesday, the 1st of March, 2017. First things first, I want to apologize for not having this uh, ready much sooner. Uh, essentially, a bunch of shit got in the way. Normally, I would record this the previous night or that morning uh, and send it to JREV Radio and IPM Nation. Uh, the two places that have uh, been gracious enough to host my content. Uh, however, like, just things got in the way yesterday, and I set my alarm for, like, 6 this morning and didn't wake up to it. So, it's completely my fault, um, just to get that out of the way. But, uh, yeah, on to the episode here. So, it's come to my attention that the audience of this show is pretty varied and isn't all necessarily anarchist. And, you know, that's great. Uh, I love having a pluralism of ideas to sort of challenge mine. Um, and feel free, there's a comment section on the JREV uh, site. Uh, feel free to leave a comment, I'll be sure to reply to what I can, either in the form of words in the next episode or in the form of a reply to the comment. Depends on, like, how much expounding I think I'll need to do, uh, really, as to how much uh, response you'll get off the show. Um, and also, you can reach me at Insanity is Free on Twitter and almost everywhere else, and I have a Discord server, uh, so if you are interested in that, then you can reach me uh, on one of my handles, or in the comments section, and I'll drop my, my Discord server link. It's a chat thing, and it's very effective at, uh, communication. But, the reason I bring up the fact that I have a lot of followers and, um, and a lot of listeners that aren't anarchist is because I think it would be, uh, prudent to describe the essential reasons why I'm an anarchist. So, I think I should start from the very extreme example here that I think is extremely effective. It's always been one of the ones that I could turn to when talking to people about anarchy. And uh, I think it could work for you if, you, if you know, you're looking for some sort of tips on anarchist activism. So, the, the phrase goes, if stealing 100% of somebody's labor is slavery, then at what percent is it not slavery? And I think that cuts to the core of the issue fairly effectively. Because if you say that it's not enslaving somebody to steal any percentage of their labor, then essentially you're, you're saying that you can force somebody to work for you for a very small amount of time and still have that be ethical, still not be a slaver. You're saying that ethical principles don't apply if you have, for instance, a society at stake. Uh, that essentially you're a fair-weather ethicist, one who will apply ethical principles when it suits them and not when it doesn't. 
Of course, somebody can't trespass on your property normally. Uh, but if they've got government permission to do so, it doesn't make the trespass okay, but rather it ceases to be trespassing at all. Effectively, upon any level of consideration, the only way to support government and still claim an ethical stance is to claim that government somehow exists as a class above normal humanity, that the same rules that apply to the rest of humanity don't apply to government. The government cannot steal, it can only tax. It cannot enslave, but it can merely run society. And it cannot murder, but simply use lethal force on a non-compliant individual. And it's this reframing of thought that causes a lot of people to get where they are in terms of trusting and supporting the government. Even though most people, especially around now, feel the government in a very specific way when they have to file taxes on income that they rightly earned so that the government can get their cut of it, whether they consent or not. It's because of this that taxation ought to be considered theft. Because unless you're willing to redefine terms so that the government has exclusive rights to certain ethical norms, you must consider the unwilling forfeit of property to be theft in the same way that it would be in any other sort of instance. But then when you start to realize that the government has not different ethical standards, but the same ethical standards as the rest of the populace, you can start to question the rest of government. You can start to look at government as a giant cabal of criminals. Uh, Murray Rothbard, an economist in the uh, mid to late 20th century, put it best when he said that the state is a gang of thieves writ large. It's just gangs competing for turf. That's all. And when you start to realize that badges and government decrees don't grant anyone extra rights over the rest of humanity, when you start to realize that these people aren't a member of some elite ethical class of superhumans, that you start to recognize that nothing these people do has ever been ethical because nothing these people can do even has the possibility of being ethical.
any government action is immediately tainted by their source of funding, by the way they maintain their power, and by the way they force their power to be the only one in a given region capable of being used. They tell you you can't do what they can do. Somebody's speeding down a road, well, obviously that person must be stopped. But if you pull somebody over, you can't collect revenue. Only the state can. You see somebody smoking an illegal plant. You can't destroy their drugs. You can't attack them if they defend themselves from this. But they can. They can do anything they want, and as long as they justify it by claiming it's in the nature of public safety, they'll get away with it. There's that old slogan, freedom isn't free. And instead of being used to analyze the cost of freedom in a modern context, the statement is almost always used to justify an evil action done by somebody who is anathema, or at the very least, a threat to that freedom. The U.S. government has a huge amount of unnecessary troop presence overseas to maintain proper corporate connections. This causes a huge amount of wars and an ever-increasing death toll combined with destabilized regions, deformed babies, and casualties that promote more radicalization, which is only encouraged by the CIA. Freedom ain't free, buddy. The U.S. government creates a giant pool of tax cattle, indoctrinating them with an imported Prussian school system from birth, and then destroys the value of any savings that these people entrust in the banks with fractional reserve policies and the Federal Reserve's quantitative easing rounds, freedom ain't free, buddy. Freedom isn't free, but it costs infinitely more the less the people account for it, the less the people demand it, the less people defend their freedom, the less freedom they'll have. And most people aren't willing to think past their present needs in terms of what they're willing to give up for their freedom. That's a shame. Because what that means 
is that the U.S. government or any other government in the future can charge an innumerable amount for that freedom. And the more people are willing to sacrifice their freedom, the less free they are. Well, how do people defend their freedom these days? They don't. They're too distracted. The news that they want to watch is human interest stories and true crime drama. Or entertainment news, which to me is an oxymoron. They don't care, mostly, that their freedoms are eroding. They care about the score they get in Candy Crush. They care about the latest One Direction concert. They care about who was on Oprah last night. The decline of civilization will happen when people think that anyone who doesn't follow trends is uncivilized. Now, there is some measure of hope in that regard, because the Trump presidency is absurd enough to keep a lot of people paying attention at least to the mainstream narrative. Whether you're a right-winger who supports Trump or a left-winger who eats up everything that the latest comedian has said about the fascist Trump presidency where he's so stupid There's a lot more eyes on this particular presidency than any before. Now, the only difference is that the elites have gotten good enough at programming people's reactions to certain stimuli that they can effectively control the way people think about this presidency simply by discussing it in a certain way. It's all uh, branding at this point. So while there's a possibility that Trump could be very good for freedom, it's only if people start paying enough attention to realize that he isn't on their side and that no president ever will be. New Trump was trending on Twitter uh, earlier today. And it was due to a speech he gave that apparently made him look much more presidential to a lot more people and drew in 
record participation in online discussion during a presidential speech. The left apparently branded this new Trump, implying that this particular Donald Trump is a much more professional, more streamlined president than the previous Trump, who was a blundering idiot. And the right insists that this was always the way Trump was, and that Trump has always been this perfect, noble person. I mean, both of them are full of shit. This isn't new Trump, and this isn't old Trump. This is the constantly fluctuating Trump that you'll be able to see in the same way that Obama and every other president constantly vacillated from position to position, from attitude to attitude, from approach to approach. The elites are well aware of how to elicit certain responses from certain stimuli. They've created a giant reality TV show in the form of politics, and they've gotten the most steady viewer base of any reality TV show in history. This reality show has been designed to be the front for a giant multinational corporation attached to all other multinational corporations. It's designed to ensure that those entrenched in politics see their rewards. It's not a friendly mindset, and it's not a pretty picture. It's the kind of thing that can get you labeled a nut, a conspiracy theorist, a um, tinfoiler if you do it too much. But it's the kind of thing that you have to do if you want to get to the truth of the matter, which is that everything is under control of a very small minority of people, and we are all their pawns until we realize our place in the game and step out of it. Neither voting for Trump nor voting for Hillary would enhance your liberty in the slightest. Voting itself is a process of formalized begging, and nothing more. You're not taking your freedom, you're not safeguarding your freedom, you're begging somebody else to reduce the government's control over your life in the way that you want, but not necessarily the way that everybody wants. Instead of finding a way to operate outside of the government's highly rigged and controlled system, you ask them to re-rig it in a way that is less odious to you, and you call that an expression of your liberty. Trump was never going to enhance your freedom. It's not the goal of the elites to make you more free. It's the goal of the elites to keep the game as controlled as possible while people think they're free. The whole thing is a game. 
as long as they can keep you choosing between a very limited range of highly specialized and controlled options. They can keep you in the maze while you think you're in an open world scenario. The walls are there, but as long as you have the option to turn left or right, you think you're free while you are hopelessly trapped and will be as long as you're entrusting the owners, builders, and operators of the maze to show you the way out of it. If they profit off of you wandering through this maze your whole life, if they profit off of an unlimited amount of chess games rather than one chess game to decide the future, all of the future, then they'll keep it as confusing and ever-changing as possible. They'll keep resetting the board as often as they need to to keep you on board. That's the way they operate. They operate specifically by making sure that you never understand them fully so that you never have a full understanding of how to oppose them. Most people educated in public school, they're very good at following rules. And that's about it. Grades aren't based on merit. I mean, you don't have to trust me on that, but I was a very poor performer in almost all of my K-12 American education and I still got out. I still graduated on time. And there are people who, after years of effort, can say that they've been a fantastic student with a 4.0 grade point average, and they're very good at regurgitating information just enough to get into a higher learning university, where they're even further indoctrinated. And whether they go there or not, once they're out, they're in a world of paradoxes, where the rules don't apply in the same way to different people, where you can choose between Coke and Pepsi, but you better damn well be drinking one of them. Isn't that absurd? If you don't vote, you have no right to complain. That's something I've heard a huge amount. Especially being an anarchist. It's like saying, if you don't drink Coke or Pepsi, you have no right to say that Coke or Pepsi are terrible. Even smelling them, you can generally get the flavor. Even being in the same room with them, you can generally get the idea of how the experience would be to drink the beverage. You can look at politics from an outside perspective, not vote, and still be better informed than 
the majority of the voting populace. All you have to do is your own research. But they don't want you to do that. They don't want you to go to, quote, unofficial sources. They don't want you to think outside of the maze. Because when you realize that it's an endless maze, the temptation isn't to find your way through it and do what you're told. The temptation is to find the way over the walls or through them. To see the giant labyrinth in the bigger picture. Because contrary to what is popular belief among some circles, walls are not untraversable. If you find out you've been lied to your whole life and controlled and cowed into submission by a giant indoctrination system, it's not a pleasant thing to go forward and do what you're told by the people who've been telling you to do it. It's not pleasant because you know what they're using it for. They're using it to control you and use you as a pawn, use you as a cog in their giant machine. And you know it. On some level, most people appreciate that the system is designed to be so hopelessly complex that they could never breach it. And they just go along with it. Because it's extremely hard to fight the system when you realize that it's ever-changing and ever-expanding. And that anybody who's tried in the past to any reasonable extent has been crushed. We live in a world dominated by people we can't see. This bothers most people, which is why religion and politics are subjects ill-discussed. The Matrix isn't real, but it's damn close. The only difference is that they don't need to hook us up to machines to drain our life force. To be psychic vampires like Alex Jones would talk about. All they have to do is make sure that each human from a very young age learns to submit to the government in entirety. See something, say something. Somebody's getting fought at school. Don't fight on their behalf. Fighting is wrong except when we do it. Instead, talk to the principal. Basically, call a cop. 
and in some cases that's not even metaphorical since the school won't touch a child, they'll bring a cop in. And oftentimes, police aren't any kinder to children than they are to adults. Like, I think I heard a short while back, maybe it was today, that a police officer tasered a 12-year-old girl because she wouldn't wear skates at a skating rink. To some people, that's considered normal. Of course, she was breaking the rules and being defiant. But that's an excuse to some people to pump electricity through a small child. There is no way these cops couldn't have subdued her another way. And there is no way that in a freer society where the skating rink had to take more responsibility for people in there doing things that were against their rules, that they wouldn't have found another better way. But we have this society where we're trained to snitch where taking action into your own hands is more of a liability than it is an asset. Where we've been cowed into submission to an entity that says it is preferable to tase a 12-year-old girl than to have the society without government. Without government, who would build the roads? Well, currently, government has some terribly maintained roads. And the roads that get maintained the best are in high-traffic areas of urban environments, business centers. Not rural not suburban, but urban. That's where roads get built the best and the fastest because they're proximal to the businesses who have lobbied more effectively than the average person for those roads to be maintained better than the average person will ever see. And people think there's no better way. Without government, who would build the roads? Well, ideally, fucking you. I keep on seeing this joke that if you want a pothole filled, you should draw a dick around it. Because then they'll have to come and maintain the road in order to avoid public obscenity laws or whatever being breached. Isn't that absurd? That you have to deface something to get it fixed, you can't just fill a road pothole. You've got to wait. That's not efficiency. That disempowers communities to deal with their own shit when they have to wait for a government to come in and deal with it for them. But none of this is considered because it's easier 
to just go with the system. Well, is it? Do you know how easy it would be to do a lot of the things government does? I'd venture extremely fucking simple. And the unethical things that government does, because they're not superhumans, would subside a good deal. Because when it comes down to the average person versus the average person, when you got to say something to somebody's face, it's much more difficult to do that with unethical action. Because then that person can take action and fight back. But in this society, fighting back may be considered aggravated assault. This is insane. But it's considered normal. We, we live in a world where people are starving and food is getting thrown out because it doesn't meet government regulations. We live in a world where food is getting thrown out instead of donated to a community compost heap. We live in a world with the most advanced medicine and the most unhealthy people. And all these problems have a core root of indiscretion where people have offset responsibility, either the government offsetting responsibility on future generations by paying for all their programs with invisible, you know, valueless currency that they can inflate as much as they want, and a giant national debt that's approaching, if not already breached, $20 trillion. And people don't think about this because it's over-fucking-whelming. And the government knows that. The more they can overwhelm you, the more they can make your brain fry thinking about all the ways they fuck you over, the more they can fuck you over because you're going to ideologically and mentally hide from those concepts. Then all they have to do is be the sole proprietors of the shelter where you hide. So they give you a ton of distraction, a ton of fake bullshit that you can devote your mind to rather than fighting these motherfuckers. And this is how humanity dies. And it's probably going to happen. I'm a pessimist and a cynic. I think shit is bad and it's going to get worse and people aren't going to really do shit about it. The more people you can talk to, if you bring this stuff up in your daily life to people you know, maybe there's a chance that we can spread this information well. And while I'm on that track, please watch Truth Stream Media. This isn't like sponsored or affiliated whatever. But they put out great content. And while I disagree with some of uh, their conclusions, they put out 
really consistent skeptical content where they look through refreshingly clear eyes at the world, at the corruption, at the statism that pervades everyday life. I watched their movie, because I have, like, an Amazon Prime student thing. Um, I watched their movie, Obsolete. And if you haven't already seen it, it's extremely fucking short. Please go watch that. Because it discusses how a cashless society and universal basic income is designed to keep people coming like cattle to a trough, completely enslaved by a system and a society that doesn't need humanity anymore. It's sort of like if Wally wasn't written by Disney, but by John Carpenter. <laughs> And told from a documentarian perspective. It's, it's, it's done pretty well. And it deserves every one of your attention. And the rest of their content is great too. They have a good deal of videos on the slow slide into tyranny. Apparently, uh, from what I understand, they used to uh, Aaron and Melissa Dykes used to work at Infowars, and it shows because they've got the same sort of tack that the uh, that Infowars had. Only they didn't sell out to Trump, and uh, you know. I appreciate a lot of what Alex Jones has to say, and I appreciate a lot of what InfoWars does, but promoting Trump to me was a step in the opposite direction from freedom. And yeah, he's talked to Trump, and he's talked to, quote, key officials that tell him Trump is being attacked by the deep state, that tell him Trump is some sort of, like, vanguard savior for the people's freedom. And I couldn't disagree more. Because that could very well be another narrative put forth. But Alex Jones isn't an anarchist. He's a libertarian, um, but he's not an anarchist. And I think it's because he, like many other people still see the government as a possible defender of freedom. It'd be interesting to talk to him about how government at its root cannot be further from freedom. But I don't know if or when I'll ever get that opportunity. It'd certainly be an interesting conversation. Because that's my thing. I think we're hopelessly fucked. I think we're on a downhill trend toward an endless pit of human misery punctuated by the occasional 
cat video on Facebook. I think they've found a way to get humanity to accept the apocalypse in bite-sized form as long as it's entertaining. As long as it seems fake, it can be fake. And people will buy into it. The reality show is on a scale that any director would have killed for. It's all programming. They want you to believe either one of two things. That Trump is coming in to save us all from the elites. Or that Trump is going to instate fascism. And as long as, as long as you're on one side or the other of that fence, they can keep you controlled. And worse yet, they can tell you to punch a Nazi and that anybody who remotely sides with Trump is a Nazi so that you end up attacking people who may be the same sort of ideologue you are, but in a different way. They can keep any class struggle from happening. They can keep the class war that's been mounting for years, the tension under the surface where everybody at least partially knows something's wrong, from resulting in a full-out war against them because the war is already there. It's in the streets. It's with your neighbors, your family, people you used to call friends. They've come to divide us against each other so that we will never unite against them. Tyranny will come in the form of choice, false dichotomies where they can control all possible outcomes by, con by controlling the possible choices you can make. A deterministic dystopia where everybody is dead inside but thinks they're alive because they made a certain choice in a predetermined set of possible options. Like Pavlov's dog. School children conditioned to operate just the same way by being patient while they're being indoctrinated and then being rewarded with over-sugared, over-starched, highly addictive, uh, genetically modified food once the bell rings. Or outside time once the bell rings. Or they get to go home away from the place that they secretly or openly hate being once the bell rings. They get used to waiting for certain stimuli to feel good, and then when they get out into the real world, when they get out into society, it's no different. 
Once you get out of work, it's like you got out of school. You get a lunch break at work. Most entry-level jobs have a large amount of flashing lights and beeps. Working with the pre-programmed conditioning so that you can assist a bunch of other humans to go along their pre-programmed routes. The Matrix isn't real, but it's damn close. Because if you start telling people this, if you start exposing people to their own enslavement in raw form from a perspective that isn't their own, a lot of them will look at you as though you're the enemy. You're not one of the programmed ones anymore. You've uninstalled the program, or at least are in the process of it, and therefore they treat you like the virus, even though you're there to save them. The human condition attacking itself like an immune system. Growing cancerous little pockets of hatred for fellow humans as the DNA of the human consciousness develops to hate itself. And this is where we are. We're in this together but we couldn't be further apart. And we celebrate that. Diversity is now nothing more than a ploy from the elites to get you to accept control from different mindsets. It's no longer us being united as humanity. It's us being tolerant of each other no matter how divisive we all are. It's sick. It's disturbing. Like Immortal Technique said, there's no diversity because we're burning in the melting pot. And that's the that's just the place we're used to burning. If shit keeps on going this way and the population spirals out of control, you know. I mean, not to pimp this channel too much, but Truthstream Media just put out a great video on how Bill Gates is making a veiled threat from the elites uh, to enact biochemical warfare, discussing how it's been normalized and turned into a quip. Yeah, maybe everybody but the elites should die. That'd be fine, because there are too many fucking proles, aren't there? Not that there are too many psychophants sucking off the life of humanity. There are too many normal people. And why is that? Well, the elites have called a, caused a population spike by recommending a bunch of fucking. By having free contraception programs so that when people fuck up in that regard, they can choose to not have them. But most people, uh, there's some sort of pressure. And some people don't get those contraceptives in any meaningful way. What most people do is consider their options, the predetermined ones I talked about. And what some of them do 
is decide that even though they're not ready to be a parent, they'll have the kid anyway. Even though they're not ready to be a parent, they'll have unprotected sex using something like the pull-out-and-pray method. They're not ready. But guess who is? Big Daddy Government, ready to give you all assistance you need in terms of child care costs, in terms of free babysitting in the public school system, where they won't learn, but at least they'll be monitored and controlled so they won't get into trouble, make it harder on your family, which you shouldn't have had in the first place. They give you media, they give you apps specifically geared towards your children, and they tell you that all of this is designed to make your life better, to enrich it. But really, anybody who is at all informed can tell that this is a fucking vein of bullshit. They want a population explosion. Because that way they can fulfill the mission of the Georgia Guidestones and depopulate the planet with one giant explosion after another. They've got the means, why wouldn't they use them? And if they don't use nukes, why wouldn't they just do one of their many, many disease application things of a massive biochemical warfare thing, where they made everybody seem like they had just been infected by a pandemic, but really they, like, you know, carpet dusted a city overnight with a giant viral outbreak, you know, or, or like this declassified CIA paper I saw, well, that I was sent, which said that they were uh, pumping out viruses from the trunk of cars with extended tailpipes, and the drivers would wear nasal filters so that they could prevent themselves from being affected in the same way by the virus, but the virus was sent into the streets so that they could essentially uh, cull the herd or at least experiment on certain stimuli and things. And this is normal. This is considered fine by the elites because they don't give a fuck about you. They don't care about you. They don't care about your family. They just want pawns in their sick fucking game. And this is something that you've been trained to accept. You've been trained to believe that this is okay. And you've been trained to understand that anybody who is remotely opposed to this, or especially the people who devote a lot of their lives to studying it and going against the, the, the gears of the machine, is some sort of insane tinfoiler who must be stopped from corrupting the youth or whatever. You've been trained and conditioned to accept this because anything else would be a threat to not society, but their society. Things could be a lot better, but they tell you that they couldn't remotely be good without their presence, without government who would do X. Well, I make the statement that if government is required to do something, that it ought not to be done. Anyway... <sighs> Deep breaths. Moment of Rage will be back next week on Wednesday at its normally scheduled time. I'll actually have it done the previous day so that I can fucking email it to the proper sources. Uh, and apologies again for not having that done uh, earlier. Things happened and uh, 
life, life came at me fast. But I'm ready to fight these motherfuckers as long as I can, tooth and nail, all in. The first song you heard was Cracking the Power by Dope Stars Incorporated. And the last song you'll hear is Devil vs. Man by Dovolt. Because, make no mistake, who we're fighting here is truly evil. And it's time we stand up and resist and exercise the demons of statism from our life. This has been Moment of Rage with Jeremiah Harding coming at you from JRev Radio and IPMNation.com. See you next week.